Hey friends, we're so glad that you've chosen to tune into this podcast from Revival Fires today. We pray that this message brings you closer to Jesus. We'd love to host you at our regular Sunday morning meetings, 10.30 a.m. in Dudley. Also check out our website for our upcoming events. We look forward to welcoming you to our next event. All right, here we go. Here is the message. In Psalm 20, I'm going to read it to you. It says, May the Lord answer you when you're in distress. May the names of God and Jacob protect you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and grant you support from Zion. May he remember all your sacrifices and accept your burnt offering. May he give you all the desires of your heart. And may he make all your plans succeed. May we shout for joy over your victory and lift up our banners in the name of our God. May the Lord grant all your requests. Verse 6. Now I know this. The Lord gives victory to his anointed. Who is his anointed? When you've made him your Lord and Savior, you're his anointed. He answers from his heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Lord, give victory to the king. Answer us when we call. And there's a lot in that. I'm not doing a Bible study on Psalm 20. You may do that yourself this week. But what God was showing me was the may. There are blessings, there's answers, there's help. He remembers you. He's given you your heart's desire. Your requests will be granted. There is victory and there is power. But the question that we get to answer all the days of our life is where does our help come from? What are we trusting in? What is it where our roots have become decayed or molded or destroyed? Where are you putting your trust? Here it says, some trust in chariots and some in horses. If anyone knows me just a little bit about my allergies to horses, well, I won't be trusting in horses, will I? But what is it that you are trusting in? In the Bible, that talks of war, the rumor of war, the things that you fear, the distress and earthly trouble. That is one place that you can be so faith, uh, you can be so fulfilled in, but it's the wrong faith. It's that suspicious narrative, which we can all be so good at. But today is a day where you get to lose your suspicions and you get to step into a faith-filled life. Have you sometimes felt like your foot has been sinking into miry clay? Well, where does your trust come from? Where do you put your hope? In the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is where you then receive the word to rise up and stand firm. We can rise up because Christ himself is risen. He's not in the grave. He's no longer dead. He has bound death and now he is free, bringing us our salvation. We can rise up because at the end of the days, when Jesus comes again, we get to rise with him into um, eternity, into heavenly places, into glory. And so some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we, the 
people of God here at Revival Fires today. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. And trusting in his name is making mention of his name. It's celebrating it, the name of our God. We make mention of it. We boast in the name of the Lord. And so if there's been places in your life, or we've heard the word today already, there are places in people's lives where previous to today, previous to standing, you were kneeling, you were sat down, you were not in the place that God has for you, and you've wanted to be there. And so in faith today, we release the word that today is the day you rise up, stand strong, and pay attention. So we're going to track this word through scripture, and then at the end, we're we're going to take communion together. And I believe that this day is a day of rising and standing. So we get to trust in the Lord. What we trust in determines how we rise and it determines how we fall. Have you ever been in that place where you've so often thought, Oh, God's provided for me a breakthrough. God's provided something for me. And it wasn't the Lord, it was just good situation. And then that very thing that you had thought fell through. I want to talk to you today who've been in that place where you've been waiting for your breakthrough and it still hasn't come. There's been other things that have come in and they have fallen through because I believe that there is a rising today where you will stand and see Jesus, our risen King, the resurrection power that is in his name and it's in our nature that he has done it once and for all. What it is in your way. You know, so often I'll talk to you about things that we notice in our way. What is it in your way that is blocking you from entering the presence of the Lord? And what I felt as we were singing that song that, Sam, you led so beautifully, I am chosen. I know who, I, who you say I am. What we say about ourselves over and over really matters because that's who we believe we are. Last week when uh, dad was preaching, he said, how often have you gone into a counseling session and shared, this is the holiness of God in my life? How often have you gone into that space with somebody when they've been talking about the difficulties in their life and you've said, well, this is what the Lord would say. How often when you've been wondering why bad things have happened over and over and you're so aware of the curse or the generational ties that have caused you to be this way and instead you've said, but I choose to reach into the heavenly blessing, my birthright as a Christian, as someone who Jesus has given his all for and also there are blessings within bloodlines. There are blessings within family lines that you can receive. I'm getting the thumbs up. Thanks. Thanks over there. <laughs> there are blessings that we can receive into our lives. So how often when someone, you, you know, you speak to anybody, hi, how are you doing? Oh, well, you won't believe, will you? How instead could we turn it around? Could we rise up and stand firm and pay attention to the words that come out of our mouth? How often could we be ones who bring the light and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ? Where does your help come from? It comes from him, the maker of heaven and earth. And friends, when we're in that place of knowing who we are, whose we are, that means that we have awareness of the glory of Christ in us. It's already there. But you might be like those people in Matthew 5 who've hidden their light 
under a bushel. You don't want to shine too brightly. It's better to be beige. No, 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 no. Come on. It is time to arise and shine because the glory of Christ is within you. Not just that person next to you that I'm not going to be asking you to poke, but it is within you. You are valuable. You are precious. You are of worth to the Lord. You are redeemed and you were redeemable. How often have you thought of yourself as less than or let's just think of it in a little way. You've gone into a shop with a coupon. They let's do that now. I loved coupons. Anyway, they do these things on apps, don't they? Like in M&S and they ask you to pull up the app or they'll do it for us if you just get a bit like, I don't know which app I'm meant to be using. And you can redeem something. You are more than worth it. Whatever you've started to believe about yourself, even as Christians, we can begin to believe false things, which we also call lies. But I believe that today is a day of restoration, body, soul, and spirit, where God is bringing fresh truth into the body of Christ. So, you know, so often I've, I, even just this week, I've had some incredible encounters, yes, with God, and I've had incredible encounters with people who said, can we meet you when you get back? And, and their desire, what they've been asking the Lord to do is to give them a soft heart. Isn't that a precious moment when you get to minister with people and they say, there's been things in my life and now I want Jesus to do this. We've been on, on, Praying with people and seeing God, bringing them closer and closer into the um, original design that he had for them. Losing all the stuff that sticks to us. Losing all the stuff we choose to pick up. Losing all the things that we've chosen to haul around with us instead of allowing the Lord Jesus Christ to be our everything. So don't overwork yourself. Don't abandon the cross and try and make yourself good enough. Because we can't. We never will be. There was a shedding of the blood of Jesus. I'm jumping ahead of myself because that's the message of communion. But there was a shedding of blood. And that was where Jesus made a way for each and every one of us. And over this holiday that I talked of, this rest period, we've been taking communion with family, with friends, with one another. And we have experienced the communion communion of the Lord as he has been closer than ever. And I'm not just going to leave this relationship to my summer holiday. This is the relationship that we get to walk in day after day. So when the Lord calls you morning, noon, or night, come to him. Draw near to him. When he says, come, I don't know how he calls you, by name or son or daughter, however he's calling you, come. Because when you fix your thoughts upon the Lord, that is when miracles happen. And I know that some of you in this room are awaiting your miracle. I know that that word about restoration is the beginning of hoping again. So what is it you're fixing your thoughts on? Philippians 4, 8, my mom always said this to me whenever I wanted to whinge. Yes, as a little girl, as a teenager, and sometimes I've wanted to whinge as an adult. But it's not okay to do that because we need to fix our thoughts upon these things. Things that are true, things that are peaceable, things that are pure, things that are honorable, things that are right and lovely and admirable. Sorry, admirable. Think about these things because they are excellent and worthy 
of praise. Do you see the shift? Instead of the whinge, we can fix our thoughts. Our God is a supernatural God and he has made a way. I know I sound like I'm on repeat with this, but what I want you to know is that you are not a second-class citizen. There is no space for living this second-rate life. We have a supernatural God who works in signs, wonders, and miracles. So what sign, wonder, or miracle are you waiting for for the Lord to do in your life. So often we can get fixated on things and stuff. I know this is a bit of a silly story, but I think it will help you with the point. Have you heard the phrase drama llama? Is there anyone who wants to tell me they're a drama llama? (laughs) You'll see just now why I've chosen this. When we were preparing for our youth prom, I I was told that we had to order in some llamas. And uh, they had to be this big, which is about half a meter, isn't it? So I I went online and I ordered in some llamas. I'm going to show you what arrived. You might not be able to see them. (laughs) This is a piñata, for those who just think I order llamas as part of my work. Um, So this was a piñata, and the kids were meant to get broomsticks, and it was filled with sweets, and it was going to be, like, truly amazing. We put these as decoration, because this was... Everyone kept joking about Anna's llamas. Um, But I just sensed this. You'll remember this now when you start to go down your drama llama track. So we use that phrase to talk about someone who loves to be in the drama, to be drawn in to drama, to be... uh, an easy ear to listen to, to be distracted, to see things out of focus. It's hard to see that as half a meter big, isn't it, for our uh, podcasters? It's a tiny llama, by the way. Um, And so when we get distracted, the size of what's in front of us, we lose focus. So how big is your drama? It's probably smaller than you think. What is it that causes us to lose our peace? Or as, uh, here's some more things. Um, when I was in my 20s and early 30s, um, my parents would often say to me, oh, stop it, you've let them get in your hair. And to me, that always saw it like getting nits in my hair. And I always thought, oh, get those out. I don't want that. But do you know what I mean? When someone gets other people say, under your skin, oh, but Anna, you're talking about the Lord. Yes, I'm talking about The small things which can steal our focus and which are enemy distractions, enemy tactics to keep us out from the presence and the pathway to the Lord. Because if you can focus more on your drama llama than you can on worshipping the one who made a way for you. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? But if you can switch your focus, if you can let go of the drama, if you can make the choice to worship whatever, if you can choose to rise up in the power of the Lord, because he's the one who's calling you morning by morning. He's the one who's calling you by name so that you can have a faith that breaks through. So if you've been fallen or sitting or kneeling or hunched over, it's time to rise up. And I saw this story that confirms that. There's a couple that I will go through with you. But this one in Ezra, chapter 10, verse 4. And in this, there's a a whole work of the Lord that is being done. And in this very small um, phrase, it says, rise up, 
This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do it. Then right after that very clear word of the Lord, five things to do to rise. This matter's in your hands. You'll be supported. You'll have courage and you'll be able to do it. That's when the whinging starts. Oh, but haven't you seen all the sin? A couple of uh, verses down. Oh, but it's raining. Have you used an excuse like that as to a reason why you couldn't rise up in this season? I want to encourage you today that whatever you're facing, your excuse isn't good enough. (laughs) Can I take the liberty of that? Whatever you are facing, your excuse is not good enough. It is time to rise up because the work the Lord has given you to do that is uniquely you. And I know there's, I didn't speak to all of you this week, but I know that there are people in this room who just this week received a promotion at work, which meant they moved from the emergency department in a hospital right into a research department. And they said the Lord had heard them. Somebody else was telling us of how um, they'd been waiting for a house, over, like waiting and waiting and waiting, and then God did it. So whatever excuse you're putting in the way, you're stopping the blessing and the flow of the Lord. So let me say it to you again. Rise up. This matter is in God's hands. No amount of rain. And I'll tell you, no, (laughs) you know I'm not into rainy days. But whatever is in your way, whatever wind you want to have that will stop you from rising up, you're supported by your family here at church. And in a few weeks, we'll talk to you about launching life groups and how that is an additional support around you. Take courage and do it. I already talked to you about how um, trusting in the Lord means that we can stand firm. And I want you to know that you are a people who in you can see the holiness of God in you. So how often do you remember what God is doing and has done in your life? I believe, church, that we're a church of testimony. Remember when I was in Westminster and and I was just talking about what God is doing in our midst, somebody came up to me and he said, are you from Revival Fires? I said, yes, yes, I am. And he said, remember in 2009? I said, I do. Church, do you remember? And we can remember, not because we're stuck in the past, but because we can remember the points when God continued to meet us. So in 2009, there was a huge outpouring. Night after night after night, healings and miracles were happening. Healings and miracles were happening. Yes, thank you, Lord. Visitations from the Lord. Healings and miracles were happening. Anna, you're laboring this point. That's because right now in this room, healings and miracles are desired. And I believe that when we remember what God has done, he will do it again. Anyway, this gentleman, he came up to me and he said, I was in your meeting. I could not move. I was stiff. I'm not very good at remembering medical terms, but it was the one where all of your body gets just stuck, truly, truly stuck. And he said he was over on this side by the cameras and he fell to the floor and it was so hard. Everyone thought something really bad had happened. And he said, but in that moment, 
the power of God hit his body. He stood up, he rose, he stood firm, and he said God had changed him, not just on the inside and with all of his bones, but there was not even a wrinkle on his skin. Are you getting hungry for the healing signs and wonders that the Lord Jesus Christ can do? What miracle are you waiting on the Lord for? He can do it. You don't have to talk yourself out of healing signs and wonders. I was talking with a friend just this week who pastors a church locally, and she said, it's amazing that God does what he does with you guys. And I was in my heart thinking, he can do it for everyone. It's available for us. We live supernatural lives. Yes, our feet, they're on this world. But what God is doing Heaven is in our hearts. The supernatural realm is open to us. So where's my dreamers at? Where's those ones who dream every night and it hasn't made sense to you? Get those books. Get those resources. Go back over the YouTube. How to hear and understand the voice of God in your awake and in your sleeping moments. Where are those of you who've received a prophetic word in the last six months? There's a few more than you guys. I've seen you. Who has heard a word of the Lord and has not yet seen that come about? Remember, remember, you pray into it. Are you sowing it with water? Are you sowing it with the prayers? Are you sowing it? Are you seeing it begin to rise up and stand firm within your life? Because that's the miracle of what God does when a prophetic word is released and then you can see it alive in your life. So we stand firm based on what God has done and our position in Christ, not on our perception of where we are in Christ. You know, we can have two views. We can either have the view that it is done, God has done it, or it's not done. There's no real in-between. And oftentimes I've spoken here and I said I lay at the foot of the cross. But what Jesus has been revealing more and more to me, as he said, it's fine, Anna, that you've, you've been doing that. He says, but now come to me, draw near to Christ. And it's in that person of Jesus that we can encounter the presence of Jesus God tells us that we are seated in heavenly places. And so when we're there, that means that the Lord Jesus Christ is interceding on our behalf. How often have you texted a friend to say, would you pray for me? That's absolutely fine to do. But when we partner with the prayers that Jesus is praying, the ones where he's interceding on our behalf, when we know the revealed will of Christ for our life and we walk in it, when we rise up and stand firm, that is when the miracles begin to happen. I feel there is faith for miracles in this room. And I believe that this is the day of breakthrough. You know, we so often think about a spiritual territory. And I'm going to use these steps as best as I can to show you what I saw this week on a, a big sign that was blown up on a building that's about to come down. It's been referred to as an eyesore and all these kinds of things. But it was the sign that stood out to me. And it said, keep out exclusion zone. And it was repeated all along the wall. Keep out exclusion zone. And so if I'm here, I'm, well, not in the keep out zone. 
But if I'm here, I'd be in the keep out zone. Do you get it? If I painted a picture as best as I can? As I, I was walking past this, I was trying to run that day, but it didn't work out for me. Um, I saw this and it caught my eye and I took a photo and, and as I began to pray and ask God, what is it that needs to be kept out? And he said, Anna, so often people know, you know about spiritual territory, you know about spiritual warfare, but it's not so clearly demarcated from one place to another. But begin to listen to me. Stand firm in your identity in Christ and you will know the keep out zones began to pray on this and, and try and understand what it was. And I, then I realized, as a daughter in Christ, as sons in Christ, we're in the keep out zone. Does that make sense to you? Can I explain it further? Because of who you are in your position in Christ, there is a force field where the Holy Spirit is within you and it is your choice who you let in. We see ourselves as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Well, if, if we actually had a, a glass temple, let's imagine a temple, the most beautiful temple in India, let's imagine, the Taj Mahal, built as a gift to his wife. Let's imagine we're not just going to let anything in to something so beautiful and precious. Let's imagine even church. You're all looking very good, church. You've come in beautiful and precious. But how is it that we're allowing drama? <laughs> small llamas, large llamas, to enter into our life when actually there is a defined keep-out zone to the enemy's strategies that we have lowered our guard. That's easy to do. How we've drifted, I'll talk to you more about that in a minute. But when we are not sure of whose we are, who we are, and what Jesus says about us or the Father says about us, that's when the keep-out zone becomes a free-for-all zone. And you can feel like you're pushed from, what do you guys say, pillar to post or stretch from here to there, and you don't really have that clarity of focus. And instead of being one who knows there to rise up and stand strong, it feels like you're flailing and there is nothing solid under your feet. God's already been dealing with foundations today, so now you can rise up and stand strong. So when we're standing firm in our authority, that is when we know whose we are. We choose to abide in the precious presence of the Lord. He equips us, he empowers us, he encounters us, and he fills us with an overflowing presence of the Lord. I think I've got another verse for you that I haven't got to. Oh, no, we're good. I want to read to you from Acts 26. And this is a story of Paul, Saul, who encounters the Lord on the road to Damascus. From Acts 26, verse 12. On one of these three journeys, I was going about to going to Damascus, and the authority, sorry, with the authority and commission of the chief priest, about noon, King Agrippa, as about noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven. Oh, what's happened is he's giving a speech to King Agrippa. That's why it's there. Brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions, we all fell to the ground. Can you imagine that? He's on a journey. Jesus encounters him. 
You may not have to imagine it because it has probably happened to you. The first or the many encounters you've had with the Lord. And now Paul is retelling his story of conversion because it's important to, for him to be free. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And then I asked, who are you, Lord? I always find that funny because Saul knew exactly who it was. I am Jesus who you're persecuting. The Lord replied, now get up, stand on your feet. I've appeared to you to appoint you as a servant, as a witness of what you've seen and what you will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending them to you. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to the power of God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. I chose to read to you the third time that um, Paul Saul was saying this message because it's important that we remember our testimony could you retell your testimony time after time after time? Yes. Why? Because the power of testimony is what is a witness to the glory of Jesus. In Revelation, it talks about how um, the word of testimony is likened to Christ himself. And so by us using our testimony, and we'll help you with those who are thinking, I'm not sure if I've even got a testimony. Well, you do because he saved you and he set you free from the power of darkness into light. And I know that when we've heard testimonies about the goodness of God, the salvation of God, the deliverance of God, the healing of God, that other people's lives also begin to get free. Now back to Saul, when he had had that encounter with the Lord, he was then changed. He was called to stand firm. He was appointed and then he was sent to retrieve people from the power of darkness into the power of light. And I want you to remain steadfast to the call that God has placed on your life. You know, life can get so busy. I know many of you are working full-time and some of you are, are working um, a couple of part-time roles to get the full-time hours. But I want to give this word to you directly, to pay attention lest you drift. Pay attention to what? Well, in Hebrews 2.2, it says we must keep most careful attention so that what we've heard, to what we've heard, so that we do not drift away. The message spoken through angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received punishment. How shall we ignore so great a salvation which was announced by the Lord? It was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by giving the gift of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. Pay attention lest you drift. What is it that we're to pay attention to? The voice of the Lord, the call of the Lord, the way of the Lord, worshipping the Lord, encountering the Lord. I'm not making it a hard and exhaustive list, 
but encounter him when he calls you by name, when you choose to worship him, when you choose to take that time to rest in his presence. Pay attention lest you drift. I want to tell you a story about when we were on holiday and we were walking up on the sand dunes. Uh, We were on the beach for a couple of days and uh, my children were ahead of me and I was just walking behind. They they knew not to go in the water without us and you'll understand why. And uh, they stopped and they were talking to a French man and uh, the children ran back to me and they're like, Mom, he says we need to put our bodyboards on top of the waves so that we can just go like right over the top. I was like, oh, right, okay, well, let's see, let's see how we can do that then. I was thinking, that's an unusual thing that you've translated, kiddies, but we'll just see, we'll see what they say. And the man talked to me, um, and I said, I understood. I was like, d'accord, merci, au revoir. It was very simple French, so my French speakers, I'm sorry. Um, we got to the end of the sand dune when you could see the ocean. I was not letting my children even put their tiny toe in the water. I've not seen waves 20 to 30 meters high in a long time. What had got lost in translation was go over the top. I think he was probably saying, you go in the water, you're gone. (laughs) So it was paying attention lest we drift. The next day, the water was a little calmer, enough for Ryan, who's the more risky one out of us both, uh, to know we were fine, weren't we? So we, we said, yes, today we can go into the water. We put down this bright yellow parasol. And don't you love it on the beach when you can just claim your bit of territory? This is our space. This is where we are. This is where we come back to. And when our, our big ones are old enough now to know that. And so we put down the parasol, and I was just reading a book, and few chapters later, I opened my eyes and I thought, where are they? What's happened? Oh, they're like way, way gone down the side. And Ryan, were you bird watching at that point? Or no, you were in the water too. You were. He loves that. It's good. Um, And so we called them back. Come back, come back, come back to the center. Be careful lest you drift. It can happen in an instant. It can happen so quickly that you're not even aware of what is happening. So where are the drift places in our life? It can be disappointment. It can be things that have been stolen from us that have not yet been restored. It can be Um, despising our situation we find ourselves in. It can be repetition, repeating the same day or the same year, waiting but not seeing breakthrough. So where are places that we've got drift in our life? Where are places then that we've let ourselves go? And these are the ones that we get to choose and God will rise us up and cause us to stand firm because we can't do it ourselves. So the best excuses in the world can be given for these areas of drift, but we need Jesus. Perhaps there's been spiritual drift after a message like what we've heard now and earlier. You're already right back, front and center, with the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe there's been emotional drift, and those drama llamas have just got out of control in your life, and you've been drawn in far too many times. Well, pay attention. You've drifted. Come back to Jesus. Maybe there's been financial drift, just a little bit overspending, or just a little under potentially tithing. Oh, well, God won't notice if I don't give my whole tithe. I know I meant to give 10, but maybe I could just do eight, or maybe I could, 
I know there's those places where it feels like the ask of God is too big. But what I feel today that God is asking you to return to any places where there's been drift. And so with kindness and with uh, leadership, we say, remember to bring your full tithe into the storehouse. That's Malachi 3.10. So you can test him on this. Maybe there's been relational drift, holding a grudge or being involved with someone you know you shouldn't have been. Oh, but, and then you find yourself down, come back to Jesus. And then there's um, mental drift where the memories that you hold are not always the most reliable and where you might be drifting, drifting, drifting down the wrong road. Come back to Jesus. Now, with drifting, it's not passive, it's not accidental, it is a choice. And so, uh, some teaching that we love listening to and teach our children you are powerful people. You are powerful people. It's within your grasp to make good, godly choices. Just because this is the way it's always been isn't the way it always will be. So, fix your thoughts, fix your gaze. And fix your faith upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Because in doing that, he's the one who will stop the drift. He will bring you right back into your position that he has chosen for you to be in Christ. He will bring you back as one who rises up from whichever position to stand firm in the faith. I'm just aware that some of you might be thinking that this is a come back to the Lord message. No, this is for us Christians as well. Uh, this is for ones who've drifted in different places in our life. And so, yes, there will be ones who recommit their life to the Lord Jesus today. And also, I want to speak this to every Christian under my voice to say, come nearer to Jesus. Just like he's been drawing me, let him draw you. And um, in a moment, we're going to be taking communion, but I want to set this up for how we're going to do it and the why behind our taking communion. Um, I was so impressed by the word of God while I've been reading it. Uh, in Hebrews 9, it says, in fact, the law requires everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness you'll have heard me talk time after time how we can't do it in our own strength but are we living as chosen ones forgiven entirely by the Lord Jesus Christ who's made a way for us to step into eternal life and so when we have and take communion in the breaking of the bread and in the drinking of the cup, we do this in remembrance of the Lord Jesus, who on that very night where he was about to be betrayed, knowing that he sat in the presence of 11 disciples who loved him and get, would give anything for him, he also sat in the place with one who was about to betray him. And he still freely gave all of who he was and shared communion. So friend, if you're sat in the meeting this morning and you're thinking, oh, it's fine for the people around me to go receive, but I can't do this. Today is your day to receive the Lord Jesus. Today is your day to receive the communion, to take from the cup and to take of the bread, symbolic of the broken body of Jesus. 
and symbolic of the water and blood that gushed from his side. Where Jesus, he came from heaven, he came into a manger, he was crucified on the cross, defeating death and darkness, resurrected, ascended to heaven, and he's coming again and he's with us now. That is the Jesus we celebrate when we remember him at communion. Friends, I believe that before we take communion, there's a call for you. For you to rise and stand and pay attention. The prayer I'm going to pray for you when you stand in a moment is to rise and stand again. To know where your trust is. And then when you come for communion, that's when you ask. When they say, how can we pray for you? You want to say, I want to pay attention to. And that's very personal for you. Our team will pray with you and stand with you to stop the drift. So if you believe that the Lord is raising you today, that he is asking you to rise up and stand strong. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that it is in you that we are made righteous. It is in you that we can stand firm and rise up. And Lord Jesus, I'm asking that all across this room, to every heart who is hoping in you, to every person who is awaiting their miracle, for everyone who is in the new place of being restored in Christ, that Lord Jesus, they would know a fresh encounter with the Lord Jesus. And I release your presence into each person in a new and a fresh way. Would you make them attentive to your voice? When you call them, would they know who they are, whose they are, and what you say about them? And I ask that you would bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening. Stay connected, be resourced and equipped by subscribing to our YouTube channel, our podcast channel, and following us on social media at Revival Fires on Instagram and Facebook. If you've been impacted by this ministry, Why don't you consider investing and sowing a gift? Visit our website for details on how to give.